Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Thriving Leader podcast. I'm Ian, and this is an episode called When Seeing is Believing. It's Thriving Leader Season 3 and Episode 7. We're going to start off today with a quote from Dr. Phil. I love this quote. No matter how flat you make a pancake, it's still got two sides. Whenever we're trying to forge a connection, it's easy for us to go out imagining our pancake as only one side, the one that we're interested in, and interested in promoting. And that'll get us so far in forging connections, but only so far. When we incorporate different points of view, those differences can be mild alternative perspectives or radically alternative perspectives. It's often easy for us to think, I'll accept the mild ones because these folks are really similar to me, or they're close to being converted to my way of thinking, my point of view. It's even easier to set to one side those you don't really understand and dismiss them as unconnectable, with no prospect of connective energy. Yet sometimes these are exactly the people you need to go for in order to gain the different perspectives that you need. What they're going to bring you is a different perspective. Wherever we stand, we have a landscape set out in front of us. When we shift our positions and our point of view, we see the landscape and another perspective. Here's a story. James was a sales manager at Captive Corporation, which sold computer software to other businesses to help them with their accounting and auditing. One of James's biggest frustrations was going out to clients convincing them to buy into Captive's products, and yet when it came to the fulfilment team organising the welcome experience, designing the training and onboarding of the client, and the support they'd need to first use the product, he found this experience frustratingly unreliable. Marcy was head of client fulfilment and responsible for the onboarding. From James's perspective, sales would be a whole lot easier if client fulfillment just pulled their finger out and got on with the onboarding. Marcy was equally frustrated with the sales team. Her budget and resource was set on the basis of the number of user licenses that sales could sell. In effect, a proportion of every license sale contributed to her team's support budget. Yet Marcy's team found themselves tied up onboarding new clients who often expected the product to do more than it was actually designed to do. A frustrated James and an equally frustrated Marcy both backed into their corners and little constructive action and a lot of frustrated clients. Marcy couldn't understand why sales would allow a client to imagine there was more functionality in the product than it offered. James couldn't understand how fulfillment couldn't see if clients didn't get what they asked for, then there'd be no revenue to pay for all those folk over in the call centre. Whilst James stewed in his own juices, complaining to his fellow sales managers, Marcy decided to take two decisive actions. Marcy called up James and asked if she could do a field visit with him when he next had a client. James thought, this is a great idea because it's going to teach Marcy a thing or two about how hard we work in sales to prop up this company in a competitive market. Yet Marcy kept her cool and went out with James on a day of client visits. 
At the end of a tiring and exhausting day, Marcy and James reflected on how the day had gone. Marcy explained to James she had little idea how tiring the role was, but also how clients had a combination of ambiguous and specific needs of the software. James was very meticulous in explaining what the software absolutely could do. And yet Marcy could see no matter how meticulous James was, the clients would always develop a greater appetite for more functionality, the more use of the software once they started to use it. Sharing this information with James, he started to see how the questions asked of fulfillment were slowing down the whole process of onboarding clients. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just the way that human beings learn. Yet they were still missing another perspective, that of the client. And that's when things really shifted a gear. Taking advantage of the fact that Marcy had already spent a day with James, James asked Fred at Simpsons, one of the clients they went to see that day, if he'd be willing to participate in a new trial program free of charge that the company was interested in exploring to improve customer satisfaction. And Fred said yes. Marcy and James went back to meet Fred to discuss the onboarding approach for Simpsons. Between the three of them, they outlined priority uses of the software. Fred explained, whilst the company was excited about what they could gain from captive software, the first order of business was to keep the lights on and ensure they could continue doing what they do now using the new software. Then he outlined a range of other problems and opportunities for Simpsons. With James keeping a careful eye on the commercials, Marcy used her experience of the level of support each of these problems needed and all of those opportunities and suggested a priority order for Fred. Fred agreed that some of the demands were going to take more time and more hands-on support from Capita's fulfillment team to realise the opportunity. And that allowed James to customise the pricing for the product and also then ongoing support. Although no one really knew at the time, the breakthrough came from Marcy. Marcy had been in a similar role in another software house. Realising this issue of mismatched client expectations must be quite commonplace. She reached out across her network for ideas how to make the experience better. Back came the answer loud and clear. You will not be able to do this without the client's perspective. And that spurred her into action. Roll forward a couple of months and Marcy and James have improved their process for client satisfaction even more. Realising that Fred only knew what he was being told by the supervisors at Simpsons, they offered Simpsons an on-site meet-the-expert session, and this proved to be a great success. The staff at Simpsons got a lot of small questions they felt were not important enough to raise to Captive's support team there and then. Those little questions formed the basis of insight that Marcy could use to improve the FAQs for the software. Both James and Marcy, witnessing the software in action, could see which bits were being used a lot, as well as elements of functionality that could benefit Simpsons, but they just weren't using them. And working with Fred, they were able to devise an 18-month adoption roadmap 
and a support package that generated additional revenue for Captive, as well as releasing more efficiency and productivity benefits for Simpsons as well. And so another sale was made, and yet it never felt to anyone like a sale. It just felt like a meeting of minds, where everyone had chosen to look hard at the problem, step into each other's shoes, and witness things from a brand new perspective. So take action today. When you're looking to improve your connective energy, it pays to do some travelling, to step into someone else's shoes and see things from another perspective. So here are a few tips for you to try. When meeting someone on their turf, ask the open questions that allow you to absorb what's happening right now. What's working well? What's tough right now? Focus on their interests and not yours. You'll learn a lot and the connection points are going to emerge. Look around at the environment. What might be going on? What's different to the way you'd imagined? Don't feel the pressure to bat stories backwards and forwards. That for every snippet of a story you've been told you need to sell something back. Just observe. Make notes of your observation. Take interest. Look for the opportunity to bring people together to form triangles of perspectives. Ask, what does this now mean? What can we do together now when we see all these things together? And the opportunities are going to emerge. Well, that's it for this time. Let me know what you think uh, in the comments. You can subscribe to this podcast, share it with friends, share your experience in the comments. And if you like The Thriving Leader, why not share the whole thing with someone you think would benefit? Because we're all at the end of the day trying to grow. And my coaching mission is to help introverts succeed in a world that's built by and for extroverts, where all the ambition is present and just a little less noise. You can discover lots of articles just like this and podcasts to help develop yourself for free and how to fire up your own quietly successful career at www.ianbrownwithaneofcourse.com. Thank you. See you next time. Mm-hmm.